5. Uh, for those of you that, that don't know it, our faith promise is now up to uh, over 41,000. If you have not turned a card in, I have not done the budget yet, so I'll, I'll let you do it. Um, uh, today, if you'd like, turn a card in, slip it under the office door. But Matthew chapter 5, praise the Lord for that. I believe that's close to a 3000 maybe $4,000 increase, so that is a blessing. So Matthew chapter 5, Beatitudes, and we are... Uh, in the last verse of the first section, okay? So, but I'd like to kind of go back to verse 10 so we kind of get a little bit of the context. So Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10. Verse 12 is our text. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye... When men shall revile you, and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, and be exceeding glad. The word there, we would use it as kind of like jump and holler, literally. The exceeding glad is like exaltation, so it's like leaping and shouting, okay? Like when your team wins the series, okay? Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the encouragement and admonition of this verse. And Lord, I would pray that you would, Lord, bless your preacher and bless your people. And help us to hear what you would speak to us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. This, I believe, falls under the realm of uh, one of an, an often misunderstood verse. And there's many of them. Uh, I don't believe this is probably the most serious in the case, as others are. Um, like, judge not that you be not judged. How the world loves to use that one. Uh, not realizing the Bible gives a lot of areas where Christians are to use some judgment and wisdom and discretion. But <clears throat> this one, as a matter of fact, even for me going into it, I had to just read and I forced myself again to kind of go back through and start looking up definitions. And I'm telling you, definitions are important. And... Uh, Listen, I, I am a King James all the way guy, okay? Uh, there, is no, there is no other English, English version uh, that we should be using. I, I'm quite, quite positive of that. I'm not saying you can't use other versions and be blessed. I'm saying if you want God's word, the one that's been maintained and, per, and preserved by God, the King James is it. But it's, it's translation, right? And has anybody ever done any translation work? Does anybody speak here speak two languages? Speak two languages. So, brother, brother, yeah, so you know some of the difference of trying to tell someone else what they meant in this language. So, we have the word for, okay? We use the word for, for everything. And we're interesting, we're going to look at that because in this, in this verse, there are two Greek, separate, completely different Greek words 
uh, that do mean foreign. But they, they fall under different English definitions of the word foreign. We're going to look at that a little bit. But the reason I say that this verse is often misunderstood is for several things. And I, some of it just makes sense, okay? Some of it's just common sense. So it says rejoice. Now remember, we're, talk, we're building this passage. It ends up with Matthew chapter 7, okay? Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 24 and 25, I believe. We're building a life like a house that will withstand the storms of life and come out on the other side still standing. Not, it doesn't stop the storms, but it survives through the storms. And it has peace and safety on the inside. It doesn't stop the storms. And if you remember, we built all the house and then we put on the capstone of, uh, let's see, appear in, uh, blessed are the peacemakers. But that was, the, that was the, the roof, was peacemakers. And then it said, this house will withstand persecution. Okay, it, it was, it, it's now a complete house. It will withstand persecution. But now we're going a step beyond that. And in response to persecution, it's going to toss out its own response of rejoicing. Instead of hiding in the house going, oh, we're being persecuted. It's so awful. I just can't stand it. No, now it's saying, boom, we're going to rejoice here. This is cool stuff. Now, that just doesn't make any sense at all, does it? Come on now, use your brain here. Because everybody just loves being persecuted. Yeah. I still don't like it when somebody cusses me out at the door. I laugh about it. I'm sorry, I just, that's my response to that sometimes. Somebody just rip you up one side and down the other to walk away going, okay, that just happened. But it's still, still not fun. But this is, listen, this is specific. Rejoice. Not because you have earned something special. And we're going to get into that. Or because you're like a super awesome Christian. That's not what this verse is saying at all. And we're going to look at that a little bit because what those little two word for means. Okay, those two fours mean. And really think about this. If, if it's like, I have entered the realm of Isaiah and Jeremiah. Man, I am awesome. Didn't we start this whole process with Matthew, the Beatitudes of poor in spirit? Somehow humility doesn't equate to I'm getting rewards because of all this. No, that's actually not what it's saying at all. Only pride would seek, listen, only pride would seek or even think that I deserve anything. What do we all deserve? Hell. There's nothing good in anything. There is none good, none that doeth good, none that wanteth good, there's none that seeketh after good, including us. The only thing that's good in and about us is Jesus Christ. I just, um, this is amazing. We, we start this whole process with humility. Humility. How, how in the world people would go, come here and get to pride? But it's kind of interesting because I read one guy, one commentator, and he, he, he said, uh, man, he was ripping apart. Uh, he called them the papists that would equate this reward to some level of reward in heaven, some level of heaven kind of thing. I didn't know that was a papist thing. I'd have to go back and look at that, but he was just ripping them up one side and down the other. And we're talking about a guy who came out of the Catholic Church, a commentator who literally, he was a Catholic. But anyways, we'll just keep on going. Who says rejoice. And, and it does mean that when it says rejoice and be exceeding glad, it's, we would use the word exalt, which is it's jump and shout. I mean, literally uh, there's nothing wrong with jumping and shouting, by the way. When, when we, and let's go back and we picture the idea of um, David dancing before the Lord. And see, see, it's okay to dance. 
Uh, David dancing before the Lord is not going down to the local nightclub. No connection whatsoever. Period. This is David, what he's doing is he's exceeding glad. He's jumping and shouting. He's, he's like going, yes, I can't believe we're finally bringing the, the ark home. Isn't it awesome? Woohoo! He's dancing before the Lord. You get the picture. There's a vast difference between that and what our modern world thinks of what dancing might be. This is what we're talking about, jumping and shouting. If you've never jumped and shout, you got problems. I mean, even if inside of you something didn't go, you know, woohoo. Somewhere in your life, I, yeah, you got issues. Now, and it doesn't say, listen, we have to be clear about this. It doesn't say rejoice and jump and shout because you had a bad time. That's not what it says. Or because you had a trial. Or because you got in trouble. Or because life is hard. That's not what it says. But look at what it says. Let, let's read it again. In verse 11, it says, For against you falsely, as you persecute you and shall say any manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. So they're lying about you because of your living for Christ. It's not about you still. It's about Christ, essentially. Okay? And then if we keep going, it says uh, uh, they persecuted the prophet. Or yeah, verse, man, I'm, where's it at? Verse 10, there it is. Why didn't start at verse 11? Verse 10, they're persecuted for righteousness' sake. What is that? That's God working through us and us yielding to him to build the house. Amen. Us what? Humbling ourselves before God, letting him be in charge and not ourselves. Did everybody get the connection? Our, our strength, meekness, our strength on his behalf. And then it says in verse 12, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the, those that were in he, the, uh, the prophets that were before you. What did the prophets before them do? What did the prophets before us do? They preached the word of God. And they got persecuted for it. Okay? Now it's interesting. You're persecuted, verse 11, for Christ's sake. In other words, you're doing something along the lines of the Beatitudes... It's not, not me but Christ. I'm going to bow before him. I'm going to mourn for my sin. I'm actually going to admit I'm a sinner. I'm going to say it. Amen. And then I'm going to seek to, uh, I mean, the whole process. We, we could go through this whole thing. Um, I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to mourn for my sin. I'm going to put my power under his control. I'm going to seek in my life to hunger and thirst after righteousness, to be, to have the righteousness of God in my life. I'm going to become merciful, which means I'm going to show mercy to those who need it, not to those who I think deserve it, because nobody deserves mercy. Amen? Nobody deserves mercy. So I show mercy to those who need it, which usually are the ones who have hurt me the most. Blessed are the pure in heart, so after I get my actions in order, I'm going to try to ask the Lord to help my motives be in order, and now I'm going to be a peacemaker. I'm going to try to talk to people and help them realize that sin is between them and God, and they need a, it's got to be fixed. And that's what Christ did. That's what Christ came to be a peacemaker. So I spend my life becoming a peacemaker, which is, by the way, why we have outreach at church, because we're trying to be peacemakers. We're trying to find those who are at odds with God, Amen. And help them find peace and join, remove the enmity with God. That's the purpose of it. And that it's, it's not just because I'm a Christian and somebody called me a holy roller. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Or, oh, we got to go to church again. In other words, you're doing something along the line of Beatitudes or the, giving the gospel out, and guess what? The world doesn't like to hear that they're sinners. 
Amen. You understand that everything that is a believer that is Christ is something the world hates. I'm talking about the system of the world. I'm not talking about every person in the world. Every person in the world needs to hear Christ. But listen, why do you think it is that, that we may be fighting tax exemption for churches in the future? Because the world can't stand the, the, the message and the word of God and the fact of, oh, I just can't believe it. And you know what? One day we might have to. Fine, who cares? Let's go give out the gospel. That's what we're here for. We're not here to defend my right not to pay taxes. Although we should be voting for those people, but anyways. It's when you're standing up for Christ. There's a reason. You know, there's a reason people don't like door knocking. There's a, people, there's a reason that people don't like giving out the gospel. And there's a reason we use all these excuses. Well, I'm just not good at it, or you know, I'm just not a talkative person, or you know, it doesn't seem to work, blah, 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 blah. There's lots of excuses. Well, excuse me, there's lots of reasons there's never an excuse. And I have them, you have them. I, I mean, I don't know a preacher in the world that just goes, I mean, they say it, but when you, when I've heard preachers say, I just can't wait to go door knocking, and then you pin them down. Really? Well, no, actually, I'm nervous every time before that first door. <laughs> every time. Yeah. We don't even like doing the things of Christ that we're supposed to do, that we know we're supposed to do. Well, how do you know that? Because I know how many tracks disappear out of these racks. I know how many people show up at outreach. I know how many people come and tell me that they're witnessing to so-and-so. And might I pray for them? Sorry, am I being too honest for us? Talking to Jerome Bible Baptist Church. That, you know, I'm reminded of Peter and Silas. Why were they in prison? For preaching the gospel. It didn't matter that they ended up in prison. You hear that? The fact that they ended up in prison was irrelevant because they had to preach the gospel. When they went to prison, they were like, this is cool stuff. I mean, we must be doing, listen, the key is, we must be doing something right. Wow! We must be doing something right. And they, it's, again, we're normal for a Christian. Suffering for doing righteousness is something that should be standard for Christians. Standard. Whether it be minor or major, it should be a standard thing. So, and I, I want us to point it because in this passage, in this verse 12, where it talks about these rewards and it talks about the prophets that were before us, it, it actually is telling us that suffering is standard and so are the rewards. Suffering is common and so are the rewards. They're the same, okay? These, this, these rewards aren't because of us being good, these rewards aren't because God owes us something. Can we just stop there a minute? Just, look, come on now. Don't tell me that you in your life haven't at some point had your little, God, I've done my fair share here. Can't you hear me? God, I've been doing this and you bless them. You hear what I'm saying? And what, what, is, what is Paul or is Matthew trying to tell us? Oh no, the, 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 listen, we're going to look at this. These rewards aren't because God owes you something. Like you are just better than the next Christian. No. And these rewards aren't compensation for the unfairness of life. 
They're not. <laughs> They're all, listen, everything good that we get is because of one reason and one reason only. God's good grace. And that's it. And as much as I hate that, you know what part of me hates that? My own stinking pride. My own stinking flesh is what doesn't like it. Well, I just deserve. Why? Because that's what we do at the job. Hey, I deserve a raise. Look at what I've done. Click, 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 click. And sometimes it's right to go and talk to your boss and say, Hello? But God's not our boss. He's our God. He's our Savior. And we all had the same wages before we met Him. The only promotion was not because of our work, but because of His. The only thing, gifts that we receive are because of His work, not ours. They are all because of God's good grace. We don't deserve a thing. Listen, not even including, I just want, think about this, not even including the presence of God and of Jesus Christ in heaven, everything in heaven is going to be better than we could possibly imagine. It's going to be the greatest reward that we could ever think of. Why do you think people write songs like, I'd be satisfied with a cabin in heaven? That's because we don't really understand heaven. We don't. Streets of gold. I mean, when, when you put it in the, in the perspective of the thing that makes this world like go round, money is going to be the dirt on the streets. I, I mean, that's, I, you know, comprehension just kind of goes out the window at that point. Diamonds and precious jewels and all the stuff that we want on our fingers and the ladies want around their necks and they feel, feel happy about when they... And it's good, that's all good, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, that's what we're going to build the houses out of. The walls, yeah, that's what we're building the walls out of. Do you understand? We don't understand heaven. Everything in heaven is going to seem like... I can't believe it. Everything. The air is going to be better. <coughs> well, I guess in Jerome that's not saying much, <laughs> <clears throat> listen, these, listen, these rewards, and it does say they're great. And let me tell you, the word great here does mean great, as in more, greater. It actually literally does mean greater. But greater than what? It's not greater than other believers. That's not what's being said. And it's not be great because of my pious lifestyle. They're, they're greater because he is gracious. They're more, but more than what? It is, it, our rewards are greater. Greater than what? I, that was a hard one. It can't be than the lives of other believers because he promptly at the end of verse 12 says, you're the same as other believers. Everyone else has suffered too. Big deal. I mean, that, that's kind of, kind of what it says here. Generally, generally what? Everything. It's better than everything. It's greater than everything. It's greater than everything in this life that you've ever experienced or not experienced, you know? Well, the greatest moment in your life, what's the greatest moment in your life? Just stop. What's been the, if you could pick one day that was your just like the best day ever. Okay, just pick, get in your head, picture it, whatever it might be. Or just grab the nearest one if you don't have time to think about it because we don't have time for you all to work through all this, okay? So what's the, what's the greatest day ever? Pick that day. The, listen, heaven is greater. Listen, heaven is greater. As a matter of fact, it's so much greater that your best day ever on earth will be forgotten. No big deal. I can't even believe we thought that was great. I, it still blows me away how that in a cursed world, 
we in, in a cursed world, we enjoy the nature of our surroundings. And it's cursed. Mountains are most likely a result of everything crashing into each other. And I love the mountains. I mean, I just, I love it. Like yesterday night's clear day, you just kind of want to stand out there and just stare at them. Take pictures and keep sending them to people that don't have mountains. <laughs> hey, Ricky. Oh, man, wish I was there. Yeah, too bad for you. <laughs> They're great. And heaven's going to make mountains seem like, eh. Everything is better in heaven. Now, let me talk about these two fours. Two fours, get that? Okay, anyways. For great is your reward in heaven. Okay? Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Now, I need, I need to help you out here because this word for is not connecting the reward to the persecution. It's connecting the reward to the rejoicing. <laughs> okay? Why? This is what it means. The word for here is the reason why something is commanded to be done. Literally, that's the definition. The reason why something is commanded to be done. That's connected to the rejoicing, because that's what's being commanded, right? You need to rejoice, okay, because great is your reward in heaven. Not because, of my, not because, it's, better, because it's reward for my persecution. In other words, the reward is already there. Rejoice. Amen. Rejoice in my suffering because the reward is already there. Connect the dots. Is everybody here? The reward's already there. It's always, everything about heaven is going to be greater than we could ever possibly imagine. Okay, the reward is there. It's connecting, it's connecting for. Not saying, oh, your persecution's so bad, but for, you know, this is, you're going to have this great stuff in heaven. No. Rejoice. Because why? There, there's great reward in heaven. And it's not connected to the persecution. This is important. Now, it's, it's, what am I doing this for? Why am I rejoicing? Not because I'm going to escape persecution. No, but because of what is in heaven. Not because I'm going to get response for this, like I'm going to get payback. No, because the reward in heaven is so great. Because you have a reward that is coming in heaven. If you're a believer, you got one. And then the other word for, down at the end there, Okay, where it says, For great is your reward in heaven, for so, for, for so persecuted they the prophets. That's a, this one's almost too blunt. I mean, it almost hurts to read it. Because it means, like, it means this. Because the fact is, that's what it means. Because the truth of it is, the prophets suffered the same stuff. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? Because the fact is, the prophets before you also suffered. Okay, so where are the prophets that were before them? They're in heaven. Do you think they're up there disappointed? We know that. As a matter of fact, didn't he, don't we just have this whole word blessed? Remember, the, every time the word blessed here is used, it's talking about the kind of happiness that in our mind only the dead or those in heaven can be experiencing. And here's, here's Jesus saying, yeah, they, they got this happiness. They got it. Yeah, they suffered. And they're in heaven. Do you think they're looking back going, yeah, I'm getting paid back for that, and I'm getting paid back for that? Like, no, they're going, wow, can you believe it here? Did you do anything to deserve this? I didn't do anything to deserve this. As a matter of fact, thank the Lord he wipes away the tears, because I think when we first get to heaven, we're going to walk in and go, 
We're going to instantly be reminded of every spot in our life on judgment seat of Christ. And we're going to, with tears, look around and say, I don't deserve to be here. There is nothing I did on this planet, on that planet Earth, that would result in me being good enough to deserve anything in heaven. It's a great, it's more, it's more than anything beyond that we could even possibly imagine. The fact is, listen, suffering, suffering as a Christian for Christ's sake is commonplace. We need to stop and think about this now. And you need to ask yourself, am I suffering as a Christian? As a Christian. Well, yeah, I got sick. Everybody gets sick. I I mean, listen, I don't mean to be, we have to be a little bit, um, forgive me for being a little tactless here, but we all die from something. Death is not fun. It's not good. It's a cursed, awful thing. But we all do it. You understand that? We all do. So don't point at your suffering in the world and look at heaven as some payback for that. No! Suffering, heaven is God's grace. Heaven is God's good grace giving us what we absolutely do not deserve. So what's wrong with doing a little bit more suffering for Christ's sake on this planet? We've only got an eternity in heaven to enjoy his wonderful grace and riches. Suffering as a believer should be standard in the life of a believer because of Christ, not because of me. It also says, if they say stuff against you falsely for my sake. In other words, if they're telling you stuff and you're getting mad, but it's the truth, that's not what this verse is covering. Well, you're a liar. Well, Sure wish you were more consistent with your kids. Oh, you're yelling at me, but I don't see you out there knocking on doors. No, it's talking about you're allowing Christ to work through you, and you're saying, you're looking at this house and you're going, you know what, one of the capstones of the life of Christianity is being a peacemaker. That means looking at people who are not at peace and realizing what they need is God's peace. And I insert myself into their life. Amen. We, 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 it's like we're waiting, you know, it's like the, the people who are, you know, waiting on the entry ramp for the highway. And they're, they're stopped at the end. And they're waiting for just everybody to kind of stop and make room for them. Instead of, you know, (laughs) sorry, lines from a movie just went through my head and I'm trying not to say it out loud. What do you got to do? Put your foot on the gas. Get out there. Do it. My first time we went to New York City, my dad um, at that time owned a business and we had a Cadillac. I mean, it was nice. Corinthian leather seats, hand-painted pinstripes on this thing, you know. I mean, a beautiful, beautiful car. And we drove out to visit uh, our friends who were planting a church uh, in Stamford, Connecticut, and he took us into New York City. 
And he said, you, you better let me drive. And I just remember sitting in the back seat. And when we wanted to change lanes, he just hit the blinker and started moving. I mean, we're talking, there's cars and semis and trucks. And he just started moving. And I'm like, we're going to hit, we're going to hit, you know. And, and next thing you know, we're in that lane. I'm like, how in the world? You know, what, you know what they learned in New York? If you're going to need to get in that lane, you just have to make room for yourself. If that involves a horn and, and moving, and thank the Lord, our, our, this our pastor friend, he didn't use any interesting words, but, um, or, 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 anyways, we ended up in the next lane. Why? Because they turned on the blinker and did it. You, you know, it's one of those things, there's some things you just got to go do. You're never comfortable doing it. You just got to go do it. I'm at the age where they start telling me, yeah, there's these tests you need to start taking now. Mm-mm. No thanks. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You broke something. You better go to the hospital. I, don't, I, I, I got a, a friend that I knew, literally, they opened up the back, of a, the back of an ambulance just to, like, a field trip at school, just opened up the back of the ambulance, and she fainted. Just the back of the ambulance. She can't stand the whole thought of it. But if she's sick, you know what she's going to have to do? She's going to have to ride in the ambulance and go to the hospital. Like it or not. When you get up in the morning, got a job? Like it or not, guess what you got to do? I don't feel that great. Guess what you got to do? I work in customer service and I feel like junk today and I have a massive headache and I'm ready to bite the head off the world. How may I help you? There's some things you just got to go do. Listen, you realize as believers that there are some clear, listen, 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 there are some clear instructions given to us as believers. And I dare say that, and I'm, I'm including myself in this whole mess, that very few of us in this room have suffered anything for Christ's sake. Even the Bible, and was it Hebrews? Well, that's not Hebrews, but you've not even resisted unto blood just against sin. Well, they call our church, what well, don't matter what they call our church. Were you including yourself in that? Why? What have you done? A commentator by the name of Benson said this, Persecution has been the portion and the proof of the most eminent saints in all ages. This is not new. Suffering, for Christ's sake, is common to Christians. We can look in our past and we can look at the prophets. Now, that's something to pause and think about. You realize that you're going to end up in the same heaven as Daniel Do you connect the dots? That the, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the reward that Daniel is receiving is what you're going to receive. The reward that Noah is receiving is what you're going to receive. You hear that? We're all getting the same reward. Are we all sharing in the same suffering? Amen. Say, well, I just don't know if I want to do that. Okay, remember, remember, we're just building a house here that can withstand the storms of life. 
The people that can't withstand the storms of life are the ones who are constantly looking at God, and I'm looking at all of us at some time or other in our life and saying, God, this isn't fair. That's one, yeah, because a storm came in and obliterated their house, and they didn't like it very much. Why? Because they weren't built upon good things. Trouble happened, and they can't get over it. Why? They're not living in, they haven't built the right house. Well, they left the one they had built. They were building up on the rock and they decided to go build a new one over here on the sand and got all upset at God, saying, I deserve. And the people over here are going, thank God I don't deserve a thing. Thank the Lord for his good grace. Amen. Suffering is common. Grace, listen, don't be afraid to get into the fight. Just do it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to witness. Just do it. Don't delay. Just do it. You're never going to be ready. Just do it. Well, I don't know what to say. Give it a shot. It's the old story, you know. It's like the guy wanting to go talk to the girl, and he's too, he won't go do it. And everybody around's like, all you got to do is say hi, and she's, she's, she already likes you. Hello. I just don't know if I can do it. Yeah, because the Holy Spirit is just not doing anything in the world anymore, is he? He's just lost his power. Not working on anybody. I think he moved to Australia. Serious. That's what we think. We think like the movement of God, like the Holy Spirit must have picked up and moved to Papua New Guinea. And oh, for Brother Keck, he's doing great things, but no, Holy Spirit, he, you know, he's over there now, he's not here. Hello? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of looking weird to the world. That's probably not a bad thing. Don't be afraid of people being mad at you. Don't be afraid of being, being different. Do not be afraid of giving the gospel of yourself or them hearing it. Give. And live the words of God. Amen. Many have done so. Guess where they are? They're in heaven. Do they deserve to be there? Nope. Are we going to get to enjoy it with them? Yep. Wow. <laughs> Listen, 1 Peter 4, 13 and 14 says this, But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy, when his glory will be revealed. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. That's a, a wonderful thing. You hear that? When you are a person who is seeking to restore people, a, a lost people, to, to their God by means of Jesus Christ, on their part, the world probably doesn't like a thing you're saying. You're a sinner. You're on your way to hell. I am not. I've had, actually had a lady tell me she never sinned one time. Serious. I mean, straight faces and everything. Church member going, oh, I've never sinned. I tried not to laugh out loud because I thought she was joking at first. On their part, they might hate it, but on God's honor going, that's right. Keep at it, bud. You have no idea what's happening up here. You need to keep at it down there. You need to keep at it. When you get up here, it's going to be more than worth it. Listen, you hear that? You don't deserve it, but it's going to be more than worth it. Amen. These rewards are yours. Go and preach the gospel. Live a beatitude life. I, I remember, if I could just use this kind of as a very, very, very basic illustration. <laughs> it's not, not good enough at all, I don't think, but it's close. I mean, hoping maybe you can get the picture of it. But we uh, were asked, I think our first year, maybe our second year, when I went to college, because we were married and I was working on campus, we were asked to uh, go with one of the singing groups for the summer and travel with them. You know, and to be the, the, what the kids ended up calling us, the road daddy. Road daddy and road mom. And uh, 
uh, we had some responsibilities. I'd you know, talk to the preacher, scheduling, all that kind of stuff. And, and so we were given some responsibilities to do. You know, the kids were, the, kids were the, the main event, so to speak. They were the ones singing and preaching, although we did get to preach a good bit. But I remember just dry, we were just doing our thing normal. And we, we got to go to this one church. We, we were at um, uh, out in Washington. It might have been. It was in Washington. I can't remember what church now. My, my brain just went. I want to say it was Brother Farinell's, but I don't remember. And uh, at one point, they asked, they asked us, hey, you guys want to go out? Uh, we got a boat. We'd like to take you all out. And so, well, we're thinking a boat, you know. And so we get out there. This guy, like, he owns I don't know how many body shops in the, in the region, and they're, they're, he's a blue-collar guy that became a multimillionaire, and he's still a blue-collar guy. So he'd show up at church, like, you know, Wednesday night in his work shirt. Had no idea this guy's a multimillionaire. So we get out there. It's not a boat. I mean, I mean, this thing's a yacht. It is a 40-foot yacht. I mean, wow, gorgeous. The thing belongs, you know, where the Hollywood people park their boats. As a matter of fact, he's telling us he's going to sell that one and buy an 80-footer with a crew. I mean, we're like, and he says, he, he says, you guys, he says, we got to make, want, want these shakes? Want, want us to make you these shakes? We're like, sure. And we had these shakes are tasting awesome. And we're all looking at each other like, I can't believe this. We're riding on this awesome yacht. I mean, the thing is gorgeous. There's, it's got, I mean, you know, gold appointments, all this stuff. And we're getting to drink these, fan, these fancy, I mean, shakes. I've never even, I haven't had one since that tasted like it. Tasted like the, what did it taste like? Those, uh, I can't remember, just amazing. And um, he says, so we go out. And next thing you know, we're seeing whales. And we're going, and over there, there's a boat. There's a pontoon boat where people paid like $65 each to go out and see whales. And we're on this yacht, 40-foot gorgeous yacht for free, sitting there sipping shakes on comfortable chairs, going, look at that! And hollering and shouting, and there's dolphins. And he says, here, let me take you over to this spot. We go over to Deception Pass, dropping this island. The kids are picking up starfish. Kids, some kids have never seen a starfish in their whole life. They're like, can I take this home? Well, you try. It's going to be interesting. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Merely because we were all fulfilling the responsibility just to go out and represent the college. And every one of those guys, every one of those, every one of those kids came back to college the next year with more money than they left with. Chris, you know, there's no job. They don't have a job. They're not earning money. Now, they get a scholarship, but still, that doesn't cover everything. you got bills you have to pay. They ended up with money. They got to go places they'd never dreamed of going. They got to eat meals that had, they hadn't eaten all semester, like, you know, steak. <laughs> and we got to ride on some rich person's yacht and enjoy the life of a rich person. I mean, like, a really multimillionaire. <laughs> well, I don't care about all that. Well, if you can't enjoy it, you got problems there, too. I, I, Take what God gives you and thank the Lord for it. You realize, and that was just because we were doing something simple, just traveling and seeing representing the college. And here's God saying, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and represent me in the world, but you have to insert yourself into people's lives. You have to talk to people. You have to witness to them. You have to give the gospel. And you ain't going to believe what's coming. There's no way. There's no way that when you get to heaven, you're not going to go, Wow, this is more than I imagined. Don't be afraid of being a Christian in this life. You hear me? 
Don't be afraid of giving the gospel in this life. Don't be afraid of your own inability. Don't be afraid of your own lack of not knowing all the right things. Do the best you can and go after it. Sometimes it's just stepping on the gas and turning on your blinker and start moving. And there's so many Christians who are sitting there waiting at the entry road of seeing God do some wonderful things on this planet with their life and they're scared to death because of all sorts of excuses. Well, I just don't have the right talent. I'm just not sure I know the words to say. Nobody will really listen to me. What, what good is it anyway? Nobody ever answers. It's beside the point. That's beside the point. There is work to be done. God is going to use you. You have no idea whose lives you are affecting. And, and you know what? It's not about whose lives you're affecting. It's literally about, is God going to get the glory from what you're doing or not? Does God get the glory from us sitting at home going, oh, well, I just don't know. I just don't think I'm that complicated. I just don't think I'm that talented. Or, you know, I'm not sure anybody will listen to me. And I just don't have much to say. Lots of yakking and no stomping on the gas. Get on the gas. Amen. They persecuted the prophets before you. This isn't new. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For, the fact is, so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Amen. There's always a reason, but there's not an excuse. And there are great rewards ahead. We don't deserve them. We don't. But wouldn't it be nice to take a few people with us along the way? Father,